Before we begin this week's episode, let me remind you we have a website at blackcracker.fm. There are photos and other episodes like Pee Wee, Mr. Burlesque, The Ghetto Avenger, and other voices of lost New York, as well as info on my books and albums. Come bend your ear at blackcracker.fm. Now, get out your quarters and your handy wipes, because here we go. I was stalking hoes in the center of town. Check it out, right here. This is show world center. Welcome to Tales of Times Square, the tapes. I'm Josh Allen Friedman. All of America knew Broadway, but there was more than met the eye. Take peep shows. I guess the idea came from the Victorian impulse to look through a keyhole while a lady undressed. Voyeurism. You see them, they can't see you. This was codified in Times Square of the 1970s with thousands of 25-cent peep windows, an industry as common to Times Square as slot machines were to Las Vegas. Men stood alone in dark booths, peering through glass portholes at live nude dancers. On January 1st, 1978, at the moment Ed Koch became mayor, the windows behind the metal risers were eliminated. Any act of prostitution you can imagine that might occur through a porthole took place. The previous mayor, the five-foot-two-inch Abraham Beam, personally strode up to Showworld's entrance and padlocked it. But it reopened the next day. Showworld figured with a liberal mayor, Koch, in office, they'd remove the windows. All the other live peeps in Times Square followed suit, and the open windows became a sensation across old Broadway. A smorgasbord of tits and ass. Dancers stuck boobs in the window, legs, feet. They'd even stick their whole ass in the porthole while standing backwards on stools. Handy Wipe City. This was not the vision of George M. Cohan. The new Mr. Broadway was a reclusive land baron named Richard Basciano, the shadowy Howard Hughes of Times Square, who owned whole blocks of buildings and turned them into the largest porn empire in America. Mr. Basciano employed a young electronics whiz who developed all the modern peep show technology. Roger Kirshner was chief of operations, mild-mannered, 28 years old, in his 10th year at Showworld when we spoke here in 1984. I worked here at Showworld while they were building it. I worked as a laborer. We did everything opposite of what anybody would have done in the business. I mean, we 
I, I don't I have their exact words, but we did what, I mean, guys thought they were crazy. When they were building Show World, you're nuts. And, and we really built Show World under, behind closed doors. Nobody knew what was really happening inside. I mean, construction was going on here for 18 months. I mean, a lot of work went into it. There wasn't, there was only, when we opened, there was 24 peep show machines, which were, used to, I don't know if you recall, they were telephone booths. What started with 24 telephone booths soon morphed to thousands. The first McDonald's or porn, Show World developed standardized peeperamas and wipeable tile floors instead of the old sawdust floor scumatoriums. Roger did research and development, always innovating, trying new things. The peeps were electromechanical in the 1970s, but were now becoming computerized. Logic circuits, microprocessors, switching relays, PC boards. For instance, they just came out with an improved coin comparator mech, a coin acceptor mechanism that would cost $40 a piece to be replaced into a thousand peep show booths throughout Times Square. It's where you insert the quarter or token. We're standing in Roger's development laboratory upstairs at Show World. It looks like you're putting in a whole new, uh, a whole new machine there. What we do is uh, we deal with companies all over the country that supply coin mechanisms to the all types of vending business, whether it's uh, candy machines all the way up to slot machines for like Bally and different companies like that, uh, video City. arcades, and in Vegas, all over. Two of the the biggest companies are like coin mechanisms and uh, coin acceptors, and they had come out with a coin mech that is what they call a comparator mech which is different than the conventional mechanical coin uh, mechanism. What it does is it gauges the thickness of a coin, the weight of a coin, and also the, the metallic uh, composition of the coin. Mm -hmm. If it's got a lot of iron, if the guy puts in a slug, the thing will get caught here on the magnet, okay, and it won't go through. Then all they do is reject it. This is a conventional coin mech. Uh -huh. okay. This is the old-fashioned kind. Right. Right. Now, that, that's made up for whatever coin it uses, whether it be a Susan B. Anthony or a 25-cent quarter, dime, whatever. In other words, that just accepts one type of coin. Uh-huh. That's what it's made you for. gear it to... No, no, you can't gear it. That It's only made to accept Susan B. Anthony silver dollars. It says SBA. SBA, okay. Show World was proud to accept Susan B. Anthony dollars for their one-on-one -on -one booths in a sarcastic salute to women. Then we have one that's made to accept 25 cents. Now, what the companies have come out with, this one particular company, is they've come out with a coin comparator mech. What's good about this is you can use any coin, whereas, like, see here we use tokens, yeah. we use silver dollars, we use in different types of mechanisms. Some stores are still use quarters, whereas, like, most of our locations use a token, the Show World token. I don't know if you've ever seen sure. it. Okay. Well, now, with this particular mech, you can look at this. All you do is you insert any coin you want. If you want a nickel, you insert a nickel in here. And what it does is, when you drop another coin in, it compares it to that nickel that's in there, sizes it up because that's gauged, that gate there slides to the width of a nickel, so it's only going to let a nickel in. It compares wow. it, and it just it tells the machine to trip the boot. What started as 25 cents per minute soon went down to 30 seconds. And by the end of the era, tokens rose to a dollar and even five dollars for full-length booths. Guys will 
tie a quarter onto a string and try and drop it through, or they'll make up slugs, things like that. Yeah. You see, we do get a lot of slugs. That, that's the other point what I should say. What kind of slugs do you get? Like well, we one, get washers. Uh, you no, know, you get washers. all different kinds. You get washers, you get... People take lead impressions. They'll take this and make a wax impression. And if you know a little bit about physics, different types of waxes, you can make a lead impression from this. And you would have a lead coin that would fit the size and the weight. It only figures that amongst the unwashed masses that filled Times Square, there would be deadbeats using slugs, tying strings on quarters, or even minting counterfeit showworld tokens, the coin of the realm in Times Square, just to pilfer time to masturbate in peep shows. The one-on-one -on -one boots, I don't know if you're familiar, that's a dollar. Every time somebody gets a dollar through, you're not, you're not talking about 25 cents anymore, yeah. you're talking about a dollar. So that could add up, five or six slugs, five dollars each time. Somebody hits it right and can get a lot of slugs through, you're, you're finished. But there's, there's more to it than that. You see, a lot of slugs sometimes jam the mix. They, they cost time in clearing them and adjusting them. And sometimes people put pennies in. And when we have them dumped, you see, we keep a record. When the machines are dumped, there's a metering taken, okay? What this helps us to do is change the movies every week. Uh, see what's popular. See what's popular, what's not. Now, also, if we have pennies in that booth, that's recorded also. So now that tells me that either the mech's not adjusted right, or the guy who's ever making the slug is getting getting over on us. So you're talking about a lot. Now, if somebody hits on to the right size, shape, and weight, you're talking, uh, this guy can, he, over a period of time, can make you a lot of money. You want to catch somebody repeating. Well, again, you don't want the confrontation. You don't want to fight with somebody. I mean, because we've had that in, in the past. We, we've caught people, uh, you know, plugging up the machines, uh, breaking into the machine. It, you really... Also winds up to be as a lawsuit if somebody gets hurt. You're taking your life into your hands anyway. Like I say, you have people, we have guys that come in and just go around all day long taking pieces of paper and stuffing up the coin. For what? That's, they get their kicks on it. Just something to do. Uh, we figure it's an older gentleman, somebody who doesn't have anything to do, and they just, they get off on that. I, I don't mean sexually get off. I'm just saying they just get off on seeing us go crazy after they stuff up all the shoots with paper. Because then you have to unlock the locks and go in and take, physically take the paper out of the mechanism. I'm trying to imagine who this gentleman might be. Monsieur Verdot? At Peepland on 42nd Street, the manager was a proud, tough Irishman named Red, who loved Jews. Red was stymied by a phantom slot pisser, some customer who would piss in the peep show quarter slots. He would have to dump out thousands of wet quarters every night on newspapers for them to dry. But Red eventually bought a retirement condo on Central Park South from millions of pissed-on quarters. Roger worked night and day for 18 weeks to develop multiple selection video peep show booths. He fought to convince Mr. Bashiano, his boss, 
that video was the future. And video ended up making four times as much money compared to the old 10-minute film loops. We came out with a computerized system using a, it looked like a, just a touchstone pad. Mm -hmm. It was in a booth that had an LED readout, which would tell you the program number, what program was online, and there was a test mode. Okay. Now, what you would do is you would drop a quarter in, and you would key this certain zero, zero, 01, zero, 02, all the way up to 10. Remember that. Okay. It was very complicated. It was really, when we brought it into the business, it was, it, we were way ahead of our time. Yeah, they, they just want to drop the money. They didn't want to get involved with, oh, how does this work? I, I worked with different stars like Desiree Cousteau, Lisa DeLeo, where I shot a videotape of them in the booth dropping the coin. I don't know if you remember that. Yeah. I, and I used to play it on what they call a promo channel. I had a separate channel that ran all the time. Right. I was trying to get a message across on how to operate the machine. Yeah. Okay. So that was a problem. Roger developed a keypad for 10 selections. The booths ran continuous instruction videos on how to operate the keypad, demonstrated by porn stars Desiree Cousteau and Lisa DeLeo, both wearing negligees. But customers just jerked off to the instructions, so they went back to a simple A and B selection. We were complicating simplicity, is the right word. Simplicity, what I mean by that, and I learned this from my boss, is that guys were all geared to the quarter, number one. Drop it in A or you drop it in B. Whatever you drop it in, that's it. You don't have to do nothing. And I've been all over the country to, to see the different systems. I've worked with guys in the industry in developing their systems because they knew we were first. We went. And even today, with the systems that are out today, they're, not, they're still not making the money that the A and B system that we use here is Talk about your cash business. How many tokens filled the machine? Raja indicated eh, a few hundred or so, but it might have been 10 times or even 100 times that much. As Mr. Basciano might answer, if anyone had the balls to ask, uh, maybe you shouldn't ask too many questions. That's how much we make. Video had just begun taking over for film loops in 1984. When any loop got below 50 plays, it got pulled. But films like Behind the Green Door played forever. Mr. Basciano, who never granted an interview to anyone, was displeased when he found out that Roger even talked to me. Technology for the Peep Alive booths began at Showworld. 
No longer just using old mutoscope machines from penny arcades or telephone booths, Roger developed an electronic worm gear window that rose and fell to the jingle of quarters or tokens. You'd see Showworld tokens littered across the subway tracks at 8th Avenue and 42nd every night as men ridded their pockets of evidence before returning home to their wives. The Peep Alive mechanism worked from a worm gear Roger made with a timer, a relay, a meter, and a switch lowering the metal curtain. Sometimes girls got caught squeezing their body through the porthole to give a blowjob when the metal worm gear came down. Roger had to rescue girls trapped and kicking halfway through the porthole. You can imagine Roger's grandmother saying, and from this he makes a living? See, most girls were never booked here to work. They were booked through an agency. They work here, they work, they're booked here for a week. So that girl is going to work a particular booth for one week. Okay, unless she can get a better booth. They have some booths that are in better locations than the other. Some are in the flow of traffic or everybody sees them. Or just that it's a, the first thing the guy sees. If a guy's coming down here to the basement, say, to see your girl, first girl he sees is where he's going to go. If the girl's pretty, he's going to go right to that booth and put his money in. Now, some customers, what they'll do is they'll come in here before they even drop their money. They'll go in the booth and they'll take their pants off. I mean, they get themselves ready so that they save that dollar. Because they know they're only going to get 40 seconds. Okay. They remove their pants entirely. Yeah. Some guys come and they get undressed. You know. It's to the girl's advantage, and she can talk them into dropping more money. That's a good girl, a girl that works. Open 24 hours, Showworld had live sex theaters, the Triple Treat stage for porn headliners on the third floor, and a magazine film loop store. What he's saying here, if you can't hear, is that in the $5 one-on-one booths, the girls were freelance, small-time strippers booked for one-week engagements from agencies, stationed in rows of booths with full-height windows and rising metal shades. The premium booths were in higher visibility locations, so the prettiest girls got them. The booths were timed to 40 seconds, but the prettier girls could set their own time shorter to 30 seconds per token. A few of them were school teachers or nurses working off hours. Oh my! There's Miss McGillicuddy from Homeroom, with a wig on. I saw underage black boys from a high school in Brooklyn pointing and laughing at one girl from their class. Ha! I see yo, titty! She ran out of her booth in tears and hid. To show how insular and divided even 42nd Street and the porn biz was, Roger didn't dare enter what he considered lower-class joints along 42nd Street. I tell you the truth, I don't go into any of these places. In fact, Never. I'm afraid to go in there. It's just that I don't know the people. Who, who knows? They, if they know who I am, they may take offense to me coming into their place, places or what am I looking for. Or that. And I just, I don't like going into the places. I really don't. I just don't, never cared to. Even if they had something innovative, I wouldn't go unless it pertained to something that, you know, somebody came out with that I didn't know about, you know, then maybe I'd go in, but I, you know, but the, I hear about drugs and who's getting their heads broke and who's having a shootout, you know, I mean, even like, I, I, I'm walking past, even when I have to walk past the place there, you gotta be on your guard. You gotta be on your guard. Showworld and all their satellite emporiums across Times Square saw themselves as more legit, 
higher-class establishments than the competition, the hundreds of other porn dives. Showworld was confident that when redevelopment came, they'd still be standing, like cockroaches and Keith Richards, after everything else was condemned. A porno beacon amongst the shiny new hotels and Disney stores. They'd had the whole district to themselves. Because Mr. Basciano owned the land under his buildings. And indeed, though pornography was widely wiped out in Times Square around 1995, Show World's marquee remained into the 21st century. What, what's the view of, um, of your boss? Like uh, on places on 42nd Street? It's competition to an extent. It's more of a nuisance, really. Really, they're not, they're giving us a bad name, is what they're doing. Yeah. Because we spent a lot of time and a lot of money, which the places show, to try and run a, an up and up joint, you know, try and run a clean cut place, well lit, that you don't feel like, you know, when you walk in there, you know, you're worried about losing your life or your wallet or something like that. Whereas these guys, they're, they're, they're small time operating. And they don't care if they're gone tomorrow. You know, they're in for the fast bucks. And we feel we're running a cleaner business. When the city of New York finally cracked down on all the open window peeps for prostitution in Times Square, they came down on show world hardest. Constant summonses and citations from the cops and the health department. Show world put the windows back in and lost untold thousands of customers. But somehow... A couple of other joints, like Blackjack and Peepland, were still getting away with open windows. It wasn't fair. And, and in fact, we were threatened that uh, we would be shut down for prostitution. You know, it was really, it was getting carried away. We made a lot of money, okay, but he chose to shut the windows. Now, we got hurt. We really took a, a beating as far as money and profits and everything. Our business went, almost went down the tubes. In fact, we closed up locations. Like, I don't know if you remember, across the street we had a people live some years back, a few years back. Right across here? Yeah. We had a people live here. We had people lives at, uh, there was another location, the Joy, on the yeah. there. We had people live there. We took it out. It's easy to say that somebody's getting paid off. Or anybody would say, who knows? But we don't know why. And we took a lot of harassment. We took bus. I mean, they were in here you know left and right and that's why we you know we did away with it you know but why are these guys still getting away with it this this, this is what upsets us what's fair is fair yeah show world's empire employed 30 people in management and six engineers doing repairs lots of barking quarter cashier bouncers hundreds of girls and maintenance staff those poor sobs with the mops and pails by all accounts, Mr. Basciano was a pretty good boss. But if you didn't work there and you saw him, you were supposed to turn your head, not make eye contact. He never gave interviews. He kept the private boxing gym with a boxing ring above Showworld, where pro fighters who were his quarter cashiers and bouncers worked out. He also lived above Showworld for decades. His chief of operations, Roger, seemed like a sweet guy, mild-mannered, unlike the other tough guys that worked at Showworld. Finally, Roger says it's satisfying to know he's pioneering a field. Although it's the porno business and everything else, I mean, it's, it's satisfaction to know that, you know, you're pioneering a field of progress and moving ahead. And now it's more accepted. I know when I started here, everybody was working, you know, 
under the gun, so to speak. You know, you never knew if you were going to get locked up. Or I worked as an electrician when they were building. But you shows. felt more of a stigma back ten years ago. Yeah. Yeah. And now it's mainstream. Yeah, it's mainstream. It's I have nothing. On, I mean, everybody in my family knows. What I, everybody knows what I do for them. Because a lot of people don't understand. Still, don't understand. They don't know. They they can't form an objective viewpoint. You know, they're very they're one-minded and uh, smut and drugs and. We're a business. We run like a business. You can see for yourself. Anybody. We don't drag the people off the street. The people walk in freely. Porn stores in other cities offer Roger free plane tickets for him to fly out to modernize their systems. He has friends at NBC who try to lure him out of the smut biz to work in their corporate world. But he was miserable when he tried another job for several months. Show World is a business. The way we designed the booth, okay, it has a hookup to run right into a computer. See, I won't have to take a meter reading. All this information will be fed into a microprocessor and then be fed into a computer terminal. Or I can say, well, tell me how 1A is doing. Right from my office, I can say, tell me booth number 7A, how's this playing so far this week at any one time. And also get a printout. The boss, Mr. Basciano, gives him room to stretch out electronically to innovate every incarnation of the peeps. What other boss would encourage such freedom, even when Roger makes costly mistakes? Roger Kirshner's parents acknowledge that Showworld keeps their son happiest. From this, he makes a living. You gotta take everything into consideration as far as paying a mechanic to be here, uh, parts, wear and tear, time down. Now, if that machine is down, you're losing money. In New York, square footage is money. Every square foot of space is worth something, okay? If I can fit 15 machines here as compared to 10, that's, that's good business. That's good business. Richard Basciano, who created a porn empire throughout Times Square, passed away in 2017 at age 91. A couple of years before, one of his buildings in Philadelphia collapsed and fell upon a Salvation Army thrift store. It killed seven people, injuring 12. Mr. Basciano was ordered to pay 27 million out of the 227 million settlement, the largest personal injury award in Pennsylvania court history. But during his era on Old Broadway, he helped millions of sex-starved Yankees, the common man, doodle their dandies. This is Josh Allen for Tales of Times Square, The Tapes.